0: Welcome grace mercy and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 15 and the Bible says, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. There's going to be a lot of gifts being given out this month, in a couple of weeks, given and received. I want to talk to you a little bit about the unspeakable gift. And it is not wrapped in pretty wrapping paper with a nice little bow tie. The unspeakable gift is not even a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. The unspeakable gift. Here it is. No matter how much. Let's look at verse number 8. Here it says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Good work through God's grace we all abound in. That's great. But that's not the unspeakable gift. And then look at verse number 11. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. I hope we all give thanks to God, right? We all do. And that's a great gift. All of the things He's done in our lives, but I don't believe that's the unspeakable gift. Look at verse number 12. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgiving unto God. Didn't God work through all of us to help supply needs for, for me, needs for you, needs for us? Amen. That's great. That's a great gift. It's not the unspeakable gift. No, no matter how much we are thankful for those things, all of those things, all of those blessings from God, all of those things how we fellowship and are thankful for, it's nothing compared to the greatest and the most majestic gift that God has given us. And that gift is a Savior. That's what we have in Jesus Christ. And sometimes we need to get over the fact that we don't just have a little baby Jesus lying in a manger. We have a Savior. That's why He came. And as sweet as it is to see pictures and Hallmark cards and all of this stuff wrapped in in swaddling clothes and all that, with a nice little Scripture verse that we mail out to our friends and family, the Savior ended up wrapped around a tree and His blood stained on an old rugged tree. That's what happened to Him on a tree at Calvary. He's our Savior. He was born to live a good life. Oh, He did. But that's not why He was born. He was born to die as our Savior. Luke 2.11, the Bible says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That's who we have. That's who we come to worship. That's who we preach about. That's who we teach about. Isn't it exciting being a Christian? (laughs) It is. Now the phrase, I I know we we paused and parked on this last Sunday, but the phrase unspeakable gift, it's only found one time in our Bible and it's found right here. 2 Corinthians 9.15 All the modern versions completely remove unspeakable. It's removed from the Bible. We've got the right book. Now, no words can express the majestic greatness of the gift. Because our our mind can only go so far to conceive it. As Christians, we love thinking about these things, don't we? And then we park on it, and then our mind just—it can only go so far. No matter how many different languages you can speak, this gift is higher than even all those languages can express this gift that God has given us. A Savior. Why in the world would we meet on a Sunday? On a Sunday night? On a Wednesday night? On a Thursday night? On a Saturday afternoon to give out Gospel tracts? It would be a silly, fanatical, what are you doing type of thing if it was a fairy tale. But it's not a Hallmark card. It's not a Hallmark special on TV. It's not some parade that the town comes together and gets excited about. It's a Savior. He saved us. That's why He came. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Right? as A Savior that gave. He gave Himself for our sins that He might deliver us. We've been delivered. The Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, And gave Himself. Gave Himself for me. 1 Timothy 2, who gave Himself a ransom for all. Titus 2, who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity. Our Savior loves us. He defined that love by giving Himself for us. Yes, He was born. Why was He born? Why did He need to die for us? Amen. I know what we're going to do after church. We're all going to run to Walmart and we're going to buy a gift for our worst enemy. And when we're going to spend some money on wrapping paper and a bow and we're going to send it to our work. That's what we're all going to do, Amen. But we're really not going to do that, are we? Perfect. Because we're not going to buy a gift for our worst enemy. We're going to buy a gift for our best friend. We're going to write a letter to our... That's what we do. We send gifts to our friends. We write letters to our family. We, we don't do it for our worst enemy, do we? No, we talk about them at lunch. <laughs> but you know what Jesus did? He gave the greatest gift to His enemies. So who's His enemies? You and me. Yeah. Praise God. 1 Corinthians. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians. All right, if you're awake, say amen, kids. You're awake? Amen. 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 All right, 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. Let's start reading at verse number 19. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew that I may gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law of Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some, and this I do. For the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Look at verse number 19. I made myself a servant unto all. Christ came as a servant. Us as Christians, the whole context of this verse is to serve others. To serve others. It's not to look at what the world does and then say, well... I want to be like the world so that I might gain some. It's not what it's. That's not the context of it. The context of it is servanthood. How can we serve others? Look at verse number twenty, that I might uh, gain the Jews. Verse number twenty-one, that I might gain them that are without the law. Verse number twenty-two, that I might. Gain the weak. And now look at verse 23. And this I do for my sake. Nope. And this I do for your sake. Nope. If this I do for my friends and family's sake. Nope. This I do for the gospel's sake. We're called to serve. And the gain comes from doing it for the gospel's sake. Not for our own benefit although we greatly benefit spiritually from it, yes, sir. for the Gospel's sake. Go out into all the world and preach the Gospel. Everything else we can get by turning on the TV or going on YouTube or wherever, right? We can get, we can get all types of things now, but what are we doing? And why are we doing what we're doing? For the Gospel's sake. What I want to bring out in this passage of Scripture is we're called to a life of servanthood. How many of us love the lost enough to be completely compelled to tell them about the unspeakable gift? That's my challenge for you. That's my challenge for me this morning. Because we can all tell people, we all know this, that Christ died for our sins. We can all give somebody a quick testimony of salvation if they asked us. Fox News flash. (laughs) The lost aren't asking us. That's why we've got to go out. And we've got to tell them about this unspeakable gift. We have to serve and try to gain people. Not for our sake, not for my sake, but for the gospel's sake. Let's get 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 10. Herein is love. This is God's great gift of love. And watch, it's so beautifully, beautifully descripted and expressed here. By the way, the first fruit listed in Galatians is love it's important God is he is love it doesn't matter if the world redefines it and it doesn't matter if this this uh you know these mcchurches that are popping up that are redefining the word it doesn't matter doesn't matter what they say God is love we can't forget that and then it says not that we love God First off, man's love is never before God's love. God is the initiator. We had no interest at all in God. You put yourself back before you got saved, we didn't have interest in God. Which makes God's love great. When I first met my wife, she wasn't interested in me. (laughs) She wasn't. took me three times to talk her into giving me her phone number. Wasn't interested. Amen, yeah, amen, amen. Wasn't interested. But I was persistent, desperate, whatever you want to fill in the blank, go ahead. Uh Yeah, that's good. But look, we weren't interested in God. Now we are now, we're in church, we want to serve the Lord, we want to read his word, we want to become better Christians. But there was a point in our lives where we just weren't interested. And when we go out to tell people about this unspeakable gift, and when we go out to try to serve that we may gain some for the gospel's sake, we got to remember where we were at. We weren't interested and neither are they. Does that mean we don't bring this unspeakable gift to Him? Not at all. It means more fervently and more persistently we do. And then it says, here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. It doesn't say He approved of our sin. It doesn't say He desired to be our buddy. It doesn't say that He thought we had pretty good character. No. But He loved us and He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's the sacrificial death of Christ which satisfied God's wrath. But here's what I want to say. You think lost people, well, they'll never know what propitiation is. Well, forget about that. They don't even know what God's love is. (laughs) You've got to be persistent. I've got to be persistent. Oh, well, they didn't take the track, so well... You can't have that attitude. Maybe they didn't take the gospel track, but the attitude should be silently in your heart, you pray for that person. Not, oh, well, just another hellbound lost sinner. I'm not happy people are going to hell. (laughs) We've got to be persistent. All right, Psalm 147. And Luke 2. Psalm 147. Praise ye the Lord, verse 1. For it is good to sing praises unto our God. We did that this morning, and it was great. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcast of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart, and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. This might sound a little familiar. Brother Kelly touched on this a bit this morning. We didn't compare notes again. <laughs> but verse number 5 is what I wanted you to look at this morning. Great is our God. And of great power, look at this, His understanding is infinite and we have a God with infinite understanding that comes into the world as an infant yeah. Why? To die for our sins That's the simple gospel message. He was born to die. Now Luke chapter 2 Luke chapter 2 verse number seven. Luke 2, verse 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son, which kind of indicates that afterward she had other children, but and wrapped him in a swaddling in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Verse number twelve. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Lying in a manger. Verse number sixteen, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. The swaddling clothes looks and sounds very, very sweet to read. We see a lot of these pictures, and it warms our heart when we see a little baby. What Christian doesn't see a little baby and is warmed? Right. right? And then that little baby wa- wrapped in swaddling clothes, that does make for a great hallmark. And that does make for a great stationery to send out to someone. Do it. I'm not, this message isn't to be against that, but this message is to look at a word called in a manger. Cause I want us to stop, and I want us to think, because the greatest gift ever given is laying right there in a manger. You know how beautiful that is. Amen. It's beautiful. That's where the horses eat the manger. That's where the cattle are fed the manger. That's where the sheep get their hay the manger. How many of us want to go out and sleep with the sheep tonight? Hmm. Which makes the manger seem beautiful. Amen. Because none of us are going to go out there and sleep with the cattle. None of us are going to lie down with the neighbor's horse at the family farm. Right. Which makes the manger so beautiful. The manger. You know what else is there? That's where the cattle dung is. That's where the horse urine is. That's where the horrible smell of farm life is. It's in a manger. Which makes it beautiful. Because we're not going out there to sleep. And when we have a little baby, or the neighbor has a little baby, or someone from the church family has a little baby, it's going to be a nice, secure, clean hospital room, and then in a nice, secure, clean little crib. And the Savior of the world is born into that to die for our sins. He's not some little plastic thing that's lighted up on somebody's lawn. It's cute. It's pretty. But it's not the Savior. And that's what makes the manger so beautiful because it reflects the heart of man. Dirty, dung, smelly, just out there. That's what makes it beautiful. The manger shows the heart of God. God so loved the world, He gave. Christ loved the church, He gave Himself for it. 1 Timothy 2, For there is one God and one mediator to God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who did what? Gave Himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Love gives. God gives. God is love. Romans 12. Please. Here's a great present we can all give to God on December 25th or on December 24th or on December 23rd, but here's a great a great present. Romans chapter 12 verse number 1 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He may prove what is what good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here I am, God, I'm wrapped up. I got the wrapping paper and the bow, and here I'm standing right here before you, God, presenting myself to live a sacrificial life for you. Because after all we learn about in Romans, justification, sanctification, propitiation, and all the other Asians. It's completely reasonable yeah. by the time we get to Romans 12 to just go out, go out for God. Isn't that reasonable? It's completely reasonable. Completely. But who wants to live in poverty like Christ? We just want Christ to live like that. <laughs> We're okay with that. You know, the smelly manger, the cattle dung, the the cross. We get it. We know it. We teach it. We believe it. We train our families to believe it. We get it. Except, we don't want to live like that. And look, God isn't calling us to just go live out in the manger. God isn't calling us to go hang ourselves on a tree. and That's not what God is calling us to do. But the principle I want to bring out to you is in Romans 12. Can we present ourselves a servant and as a living sacrifice to live for the Savior we so know doctrine about? We only have one life. Here's what I want to ask you, boys and girls. Here's what I want to ask you older people, here's what I want to ask myself. Can we present that life to God as a living sacrifice? But I want to go further than that because you have one life and I have one life to live. If God were to give you two lives, would you do it with your second life? This isn't a reincarnation sermon, All right, I'm just saying. What about three lives? What if He gave you four lives? What if He gave you five lives? You know He's that good that no matter how many lives He gave us, even though He only gave us one, shouldn't we be willing to sacrifice everything for Him? He sacrificed everything for us. Present it as a living sacrifice. John 1.14 Simple stuff. And the word was made flesh. That's simple to read, but I don't understand it. How about just believe it? <laughs> and dwell among us. Smelly manger. He's going to go and be hung on a tree. He dwelt among us. You know who He was with? The people. You know who He hung out with? Sinners. You know who He tried to gain the more? All that servanthood stuff we read about in 1 Corinthians. Where should we be? On church on Sunday between 10 and 12? And then lunch at Denny's? And then back at church at 6? And then dinner at the Pancake House? Because everybody knows you you can always have two breakfasts on Sunday. And then back to the grind. What? You have a Savior that was born who lied in a manger, smelly, dirty manger, was rejected and died on a cross for us? And we want to punch the clock and come to church? What happened to Christianity in America? What happened to the pulpits of America? What happened to the young preachers of America? What happened? I'll tell you what happened. Nobody wants to present their body and live like Christ lived. We don't have to die on a cross. We don't have to live in a manger. But we don't have the servant spirit. We don't have the poverty spirit. We don't have any of that in our churches. If we want something to revive, we've got to get back to wanting to live for God. Or it's going to be sports for our whole life. It's going to be MMA for our whole life. It's going to be shopping till you dropping your whole life. That's what it is. I'm not against MMA. Hit the bag. I want to get my... I got Bob. I've got to get water in Bob so I can go home and punch him a couple of times. <laughs> this isn't a sermon against MMA. It's not a sermon against sports. It's not a sermon against shopping till you drop. Although... Maybe I should. We'll help all the guys out. But <laughs> you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah. Amen. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. And that's about all we can do. It's just stop, pause, and park. Amen. And behold His glory. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pause for a minute. And you just behold His glory. In, in your mind, behold His glory. It's beautiful. It's majestic. And it's God's glory. And then one fourteen at the end says, full of grace and truth. That's why you cannot have the best set of circumstances when you're brought into this world. And you can have the best set of circumstances when you're brought into this world. But you can't not let the world affect you. But Jesus Christ was full of grace and truth. The world didn't affect Him. The sin-cursed dung of the world didn't affect Him. That's who I'm in awe of. Awesome. Awesome, God. In awe Hebrews 4, you can turn there. And 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And we'll start to wind down. The the pilot says that this is the initial descent. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 4 and 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 15, the Bible says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but look at this, was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He didn't be born in a manger so he can grow up and be standing at podium for first prize. He wasn't there to get accolades and certificates and rewards and worldly trinkets. He was right in the middle with sinful people. Felt what we felt. Sin didn't touch him. Didn't affect him. He's Christ Jesus the Lord. You try that for one day. Man, we can dial up the heat. And Thomas and I, we're fighters, man. We can can dial up the heat on people. (laughs) And the heat can be dialed up on us. You take a One left hook, you're all right. You take two left hooks. By the time you get to three, you don't want to breathe in too much. You take one leg kick, okay. You're angry. You take two, by the time you get to three or four, you're limping for a few days. Things affect us differently. We should wrap our mind around the magnitude of what Jesus Christ did for us. Wasn't touched by it, didn't. Sin, temptation, none of it. That's our Savior. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 9. I really like this. Verse number 9. 2 Corinthians 8, verse number 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that. But look, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Why would you want to leave heaven to come down to a manger? Why would you want to leave riches to come down to poverty? That ye, through his poverty, might be rich. The old saying is, you know, just give what you can. And it's a good saying. And... I just believe good godly preachers and churches don't force or do emotional trickery to try to get people to give. So whatever way you decide to allow God's people a way to to give to God's work is fine. It's just that it shouldn't be forced and it shouldn't be involved with trickery. And that is a good saying. And people do that. They give what they can. But here's what I want to ask. How come we don't give what we can't? How come we don't give what we can't? What do you mean by that? Well, he became poor for you. That through his poverty might be rich. Now, I know a lot of people don't think the way I think. And I'm not mad about that. It's just the way it is. Everybody doesn't see things the same way but we were in this building that we went from one hotel to another hotel and into this building we were allowed to meet in and the guy's a christian businessman he's happy to have us but the building's for sale what are we going to do what are we going to do what are we going to do so we're looking we're looking we're looking i found a couple of buildings church family didn't think it was a great idea the last one we looked at i was really i was excited about this is this yeah this is it this is it this is the one this is the one I was so convinced that this was the one that I gave the guy a $900 escrow check. Hold the check. I have some church members that need to see this building before any of us make a decision. Will you hold this check and not cash it until we look at it on Monday? Yes. Gave him the check. He held the check. Went and looked at the building. I'm excited. My wife and Sister Caroline, they shot that idea down. (laughs) Well, we're not just not feeling it, and we're not this, and we're not that, and and then you know here's what the what here's what it says. Well, aren't you going to strap yourself? I mean, we just moved here. We're just now starting to settle in. We built a house that costs money. We're trying to run a business that costs money. We got staff that costs money. We got. Are you, going to, are you going to strap yourself? And, and that was the concern, and it's a legitimate concern. But you know what I'm thinking? People give what they can. How come people can't give what they can? Why can't I just do this and give what I can't give and trust God to work it out? Now, I'm not saying you should think like that. I'm not even saying I should be thinking like that in that situation. All I'm saying is that's how I think. Why don't you just give what you can't? It's not like we're laying on our laurels not doing nothing. But that's something to chew on. People give what they can, but why can't we give what we can't? Give what we can't to God. The problem with Christianity and modern day churchianity is we have 10% Christians. We have 25% Christians. We have 50% Christians. What if every single one of us in this room got before God and said, I'm going to be a 100% Christian. And that doesn't mean go on deputation for a year and fly to Uganda. To Brother Thomas and Sister Christian, Kristen, that's what God has called those two Christians to do. I'm not saying that means for you to be a missionary, for you to be a preacher, for you to be anything other than what God would have you to be. One hundred percent. Yeah, but i got work. God never told you to stop working. You don't compartmentalize the Lord. But 100%. Love is more than just giving. It's presenting your body a living sacrifice. It's serving and sacrificing for someone else. That's hard to do because people stink. (laughs) What are all our complaints, people? All of our complaints are about people. Run a business, people stink. Go to Walmart, people at Walmart stink. Go to church, the people at church stink. Go everybody stinks. I'm married, my husband stinks. I'm married, my wife stinks. I have kids, my kids stink. I have parents, my parents stink. Everybody's horrible. Everybody is. Everybody is. Now, if we would just stop complaining about that and realize that maybe it's us and we just need to get before God and live 100% for God, you know what happens? The stinky people don't bother us as much anymore because we got our eyes this way instead of this way. <laughs> you sure you want to live for Christ? You sure you want to live for Christ? Now, I told you when I met my wife, I had to be very persistent. And as we started to get to know each other, you know, people say, yeah, I'll, 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 live, I'll live and die for her. I'll live, I'll die for I'll live for her. For me, it wasn't that I wanted to live for her. I just couldn't live without her. And see, that changes something. I want to live for the Lord. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to live for the Lord. Woo, yeah. Great. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that's bad thinking at all. All I'm saying is, do you think I can't live without Him? I can't live without Him is the bigger picture rather than I'm going to live for Him. You can't live without Him. Kids, you can't get through this thing without the Lord. Wives, Husbands, grandparents, you can't get through this thing without the Lord. It's the Lord. Christ was born in a manger to ultimately die for the sins of the world. It was a sacrificial death so that you and I could live. It was to bring honor and glory to the Father. Christ was born in a manger to die on a cross. So you and I didn't die on our sin in our sin but could be born again. Isn't that a great connection? He was born to die so that you didn't die but were born. That's the majesty of the unspeakable gift. People say I don't believe that then they'll end up in a devil's hell. I don't say that with a, a, a laughter in my heart I say that with a tear in my heart exchange gifts, make merriment, buy some eggnog on sale, fine. But if all that numbs you to the fact that if they don't believe that, they're going to die and go to a devil's hell. He was born to die because when you look out, you see lost people are dead and they need to be born again. Tell them the message of the unspeakable gift. People receive all types of gifts this year. Socks to keep their feet warm. Ties to make their... But they won't receive the greatest gift ever given. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's so great. His unspeakable blessings, we can't number or name them all. He's so rich, we can't fully describe Him. It's not about getting stuff. It's not about toys and tinsels and a red-nosed reindeer and all of that, get, 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 buy, 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 sale, 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 money, money, money. It's about something more. It's an unspeakable gift. It's the greatest gift. It's the most glorious gift. It's the most majestic gift ever given. And that's the Lord born unto us, a Savior. Would you bow with me, please? Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. I hope we can wrap around our minds the importance of getting this gift, serving, and uh, and doing and serving and doing what we do for the gospel's sake, and presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, Lord, so that some might be saved. Jesus name we pray. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.